Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. You know, like I say, it was pretty unprecedented. I can't remember anything like that ever happening. Uh, we saw on Saturday with the Deerfoot being shut down pretty much the whole thing. Well, from 64th Ave in the north to 130th Ave in the south. That's a long stretch of road. And again, you know, we, we have days where it's snowy, it's icy, it's nasty, and the police will say, look, if you don't have to drive, don't stay home, stay off the roads, winter driving conditions, please drive with caution. That's pretty common. But to say the entire Deerfoot is undrivable and is closed, that's quite something. I've never heard that. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I was lucky enough that I didn't really have to go anywhere Saturday, so it was kind of nice. But I didn't get the sense that it was the worst weather day we'd ever had. Right? Sure, it was snowy and it was messy, but I don't, it just seemed strange to me. So I'm interested in the question of whether that needed to be the response, or whether there's different ways of addressing it, and maybe if it doesn't necessarily apply directly to the conditions on Saturday, whether we could avoid these kinds of things from happening through through a different approach. Now, it was pointed out to me by my producer, Andrea Montgomery, that uh, in Lethbridge, they, they have something like this, where, um, I forget the name of the road, I have it somewhere here, but the speed limit does change. Most of the time, it's 90 on this this road, but it does it does change depending on the weather. Could something like that apply on Deerfoot? I'm hoping, but, but who knows? I, I've seen people drive in bad weather before. I'm hoping that nobody was going 100 on Deerfoot Saturday. I get the sense from kind of what I saw, people posting some videos, that it was, people were crawling along and still managing to end up in the ditch. But if we have major roads like that, and there's potentially dangerous conditions, would it make sense for the speed limit to, to drop? Drop to 80, drop to 60, or even lower if, if need be. So this thing has been, this idea has been studied, you know, more so in the, in, in the sense of, you know, how it can help address congestion. I'm wondering if it would also apply when it comes to, to changing weather conditions. Uh, Karen Aurora uh, joins us on the line. Uh, studied, uh, did this study about Deerfoot as a master's student at the Schulich uh, School of Engineering at the UBC, now a transportation planner in Vancouver. Uh, Karen, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me to discuss about this. Well, explain the concept of variable speed limits, first of all, VSL as it's known. Uh, yeah, so uh, like whenever we design a particular road, we we decide on the posted speed limit. That actually depends on what is the ideal condition of the road is. But in actually, we have different traffic as well as weather condition, and we cannot like... Earlier, we cannot used to have the speed changing, so that's why uh, in the latest uh, condition, like we decide the speeds based on what is the traffic condition or what's the weather 
condition is. So there are a lot of ways to optimize the speed. For example, when we have bad bad weather, then usually this stopping side distance increases. That means the distance required for a particular vehicle to come to a complete stop. That actually defines the safety when we drive on the road. So when we have snowfall, we usually have this distance quite long compared to what we designed the speed the, the speed of the road so that's why variable speed limit can be very effective when we uh, especially during uh, bad weather conditions so like when we are driving on the freeway we usually don't know what would be the safe speed for us would be so right. if we calculate in advance and let the driver know that this is the safe speed for them then a lot of uh, accidents can be avoided so this is how variable speed limit can work in case of uh, bad weather conditions. And my study was basically focused on studying the variable speed limit for, to improve the congestion. So that's the other place where we can use the variable speed limit. Okay. So obvious case. So that, that would require having electronic signs, clearly, right, that can be changed. Yeah, so we, we, we require the overhead electronic signs, mm -hmm. which can display the speed which is optimum based on either weather condition or what is the traffic condition is. And it can just cost a fraction of uh, money compared to adding an extra lane or like we can avoid a lot of accidents. So I think it's quite a useful investment and this technique can further be used in future when we will have autonomous vehicles. Right. right. So how how would we make the decision then if we're dealing with uh, challenging weather conditions? What's the approach then in deciding what, what an appropriate speed limit or an adjusted speed limit would be? So like uh, in British Columbia, they already have this system in effect. So they decide the speed based on the weather condition, like how much they are having a snowfall. So like there are a lot of instruments which uh, measure the condition on the road like how much snowfall has been is there on the road and how what kind of snowfall is it is it thick or is it kind of water with slurry so based on these conditions we get the information from the field and we decide on what would be the, what could be the stop minimum stopping side distance for the vehicles and based on the, that we decide what could, should be the desired speeds for the drivers so it can be done in, in a quick manner, obviously, because you need to make yeah. that decision yeah, quickly. You need to adjust that quickly. Yeah, so we usually have live interaction with the field as well as the server, which is usually situated in traffic management center. So since it happens through computer system, so the speeds are changing instantly rather than changing. Like there is no need for a manual person to change the speeds on the field. Very interesting. Well, Karen, thanks for making some time for us here today. I appreciate your input on this. Yeah. Thank you. All right, take care. Uh, that's uh, Karen Aurora, uh, transportation planner in Vancouver, recently at the uh, Schulich School of Engineering at the U of C, did a master's uh, thesis about this idea, how it would apply to Deerfoot. So I wonder if that, that might have made a difference or whether that would make sense anyway to have on our major roads. Say, okay, well, this road, speed limit's 80. But again, we can adjust that then if we're dealing with, with treacherous conditions. Or... Is that the kind of thing that people can figure out on their own? That sure, this posted speed limit's 100, but obviously it's incredibly icy and snowy. I'm going to go 80, or I'm going to go 60. I guess the other side of it, though, is, well, if everyone's kind of deciding on their own, you got some people who say, no, posted speed limit's fine. Someone else said, yeah, I'm not going over 30. You might have a problem.
So I'm curious your thoughts on, on the idea. And I'm also curious your own experience on Saturday, if you were out and about, and on Deerfoot in particular, what you made of the conditions, what you made of how other motorists were responding, and, and the city's decision to shut it down. 974-8255. We're back after this. Our number here, 974-8255. It was uh, Whoop-Up Drive, by the way, in Lethbridge, uh, that uh, was referencing earlier, thanks to uh, the texter who pointed that out. Uh, there's an example of a road, major thoroughfare. It's typically 90, uh, but the, that speed limit can and does change based on, on conditions. Someone else texted to say uh, people were passing me a McLeod Trail doing 90 on Saturday while Deerfoot was closed. But other people texting to say they, they didn't really have an issue, and it was really... The other drivers couldn't handle it. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Peter, go ahead. Yes, hello, Rob. Um, yeah, I was on the Deerfoot there on Saturday. Uh, we got on to the Deerfoot heading southbound from Glenmore, and that's when we started noticing the accidents. We had cars piled up on the Meridian. As we kept going, the accidents were happening at live time mm-hmm. to the point where I had to come to a stop in the left lane of the southbound lane there due to a, a light standard coming down after a car had hit it, oh, wow. at which point I hopped over the meridian to help out whoever was in the vehicle missing a whole front end section. Uh, you can even stand on the road. Uh, so given the fact that we had already six fire trucks blocking up lanes on the northbound, I think it was the right call for the city to shut it down. Uh, most drivers just don't adjust their speed to the conditions. And again, if you can't physically stand on the road, what chances do cars have traveling it safely? And again, with the amount of debris that was blown into the southbound lanes, light standards knocked over, in order to remove all of that, you do have to shut it down uh, for safety standards. You had to bring out crane trucks and all that fun. So I think that was the right call. That was a way to keep everyone safe for the rest of the afternoon. Well, but I guess the problem is you're, you're directing people on to, to other roads that, that might also be potentially treacherous, right? Oh, very possibly. But uh, the other roads, people tend to drive a little bit slower than doing the full 100 and 110 on the Deerfoot. Um, and yeah. that was the situation. Uh, we were seeing people coming up to the accidents coming way too fast. And that's what started creating the chain reaction of accidents. As I said, we watched it live time heading south. Uh, we had also take you know, extra time trying to go around all the debris from the vehicles that were up on the meridians. Um, so, yeah, you have to direct them, but you're directing them at least on the slower roads, which would reduce the chances of injury and or accidents in the first place, right? right? So if Calgarians were just to learn to put on winter tires uh, and take it easy in blowing snow and icy road conditions, it probably would have been less of a problem. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, Peter. Opinion. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call. I think there's something to that. Uh, maybe that does make the case then for variable speed limits, though. If people are getting on Deerfoot and they see the posted speed limits now 50, yeah, maybe they will adjust when otherwise they wouldn't have. Let's see what uh, Michael has to say. Michael, go ahead. Hi there. How's it going? Good, thanks. Good. So I was one of the snowplow operator on Deerfoot on Saturday. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. So, well, where it started to, uh, to get that way is uh, we're stuck in traffic with everybody else, hey? So mm-hmm. when there's an accident, the road is blocked, well, our wheels are not turning, we're not plowing anything, right? Mm-hmm. So the condition get worse, and we're just stuck there with everybody else in traffic. And they shut it down, it was good. They gave us the uh, opportunity to uh, team up with CPS, and we did a convoy of plow, and we just plow from uh, the north hand to the south and back north. And uh, right after that, when we reopened the road, well, guess what? There was a bunch of accidents again. 
Like, people have to slow down. It snows. It was a blizzard at one point, and people were still passing us. We're plowing at 40, 50, maybe max, and people would just pass us. Like, we're stopped on the road. Like, what can you do? You can't do mm -hmm. anything if people don't care about their life more than, like, we can't change that. Like, even if you put message on all the message board on their foot saying, you know, winter driving condition, uh, slow down well people are too busy texting and driving to even look at these message you know like the that like what where to start <laughs> people have to care that's the first thing to do right yeah no kidding michael appreciate the phone call i i don't get it sometimes myself right i, I get that people are in a hurry people are in a rush but if you end up in a ditch that's not <laughs> that's you know it wasn't worth it then obviously was it all right, this is uh, Darren. Darren, go ahead. I'd just like to point out that as a truck driver, I've driven through the variable speed limit systems out in BC there. Yep. And the technology isn't always perfect. I've seen a few times where the prudent speed was about 80 and the signs were still saying 100. And yeah. other times where they've been showing 80 and the road was just bare and wet the whole way. So the technology is improving but not quite there yet like it's got a lag to it you think is that the problem i think it's that the sensors have a hard time telling the difference between ice and wet and, yeah, and let's face it some drivers do as well yeah yeah that's for sure yeah there you go darren appreciate that uh let's see what uh, cliff has to say cliff you there yeah yeah, yeah go ahead I, I think his vsl proposal is, is a recipe for increased congestion not less it's based on the hoary old canard that uh, speed kills Studies going back to the dawn of time, roughly the 1970s, show that uh, it's not average speeds that are predictors of accidents and uh, frequency and severity, but rather the deviation from the average, uh, the, the uh, degree to which uh, people uh, go faster or, uh, or slower than the posted speed limit, right? And the problem is that when you get bad weather conditions, uh, the, these uh, variations are enhanced. I mean, you get people who are not comfortable, particularly 100 kilometers an hour, but when the snow hits, they're down to 60 or 50. And there's others that understand that you can maintain, under most conditions, uh, a safe speed of 100, even if there's snow and ice on the ground. So you could get exactly the same result if you put a sign up when the, when the ice and snow hits. It says, do not enter this freeway, this expressway, uh, if you're not prepared to go between 70 and 80 kilometers per hour. And those who cannot or will not will weed themselves out and you'll have people to move along at a, a essentially close to a zero relative speed between each other because it's, it's, the, it's the difference in speed, not the absolute speed, that is the problem. Yeah, interesting point, Cliff. Appreciate the phone call. Let's uh, go next to Ziggy. Ziggy, go ahead. Well, hello there. How are you? I'm doing really well, thanks. Good, me too. I believe this issue of variable speed limits is really redundant it's just a red herring and we don't need artificial intelligence sensors to tell us what speed to go because we already have laws on the books that are very clear any speed that is unsafe for the road conditions is illegal you can All already right. be busted for going the speed limit on the deer foot when it's snowy out sure. unfortunately you can't legislate against stupidity and we're not going to have a shortage of that in the near future <laughs> unfortunately you're right about that too so here's my thinking Number one, we need a condition code for drivers. When you get your license, 
You can get it in the summer, but you can't drive in the winter unless you prove that you're capable of driving in the winter. You see, in Germany, they have a whole different licensing system than we do because they have the Autobahn. They train their ordinary drivers to the level that we train our truckers and our race car drivers. And I believe that's the way it should be. I think just to operate a scooter or a bicycle, you should be able to pass a driver's test as strong as the one they have now. Right. But to get a real driver's license, you have to really know how to drive. Yeah. Well, now, I began driving in this city in 1970 and driving professionally in 1972. So I have more than one or two million miles under my butt here. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's an my interesting idea. It's simple. Yeah. Training. You train your regular drivers to a much higher level so that they don't even think about doing stupid stuff on the road like your average trucker. Mm-hmm. And then you take your truckers and you train them to the level of an airline pilot because they make virtually no mistakes. Airline pilots, we can train up to the level of astronauts. And here's where it gets really cool. Send your astronauts to a Zen monastery and let them learn how to astral travel. Save all that <laughs> money on gas and, you know, spaceship hardware. You don't Perfect. need it. Perfect. Yeah, well, that's Ziggy theory. I thought I'd share that with you. <laughs> I like it. Ziggy theory. Ziggy, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, I mean, the idea, though, of, uh, do, are people trained? Do people have enough driver training? And I think people don't like to waste their time with it, right? I'm fine. I, you know, whatever. Give me my license. Leave me alone. I, I got it. I'm fine. But, you know, clearly some of us aren't. So yeah, Ziggy may be on to something there. 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.